You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning and or about good afternoon, depending on where you are in this lovely uh, U.S. of ours. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's only call-in show, live call-in show. Uh, and it's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. So a couple of ways to get a hold of us, and we want you to get a hold of us, and we're trying to make it so easy and we're trying to make it more fun. Uh, number one is you can give us a call, toll-free 877-385-8882. You can also quickly go ahead and send an email to Dr. Jeff. that's Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And lastly, if you go on to the Pet Life Radio website, click on the Ask the with Dr. Jeff tab, and you scroll down, there is a way you can get a link to our Google Hangouts. And that would be as well, you can actually join us live on Google Hangouts. We'll get you, we'll get you up there. You can have yourself in front of your little camera on your computer. You can have your pet right there on your computer. So if you want to talk about like a little skin lesion or something that's bothering you or or limping or something, you can actually do it live and we can watch and we can kind of go through some of the possibilities together. So we're making it real easy. We want to hear from you. We want to thank our sponsors, ProSense, which are terrific veterinary quality products that you can find at your local mass retailer. We're talking Target. We're talking Walmart. So even a lot of department stores, supermarkets, et cetera. So you can find ProSense pet products and um, sort of help your pets, anything health and wellness. So last week, we started talking about, and again, it's holiday time, and I know there are many of you out there that got puppies or kittens or maybe gave some puppies or kittens to someone who were expecting it, of course. And, you know, it's so interesting because we were talking about some basics, basics of training, basics of things that, that you need to know to do. And I'm amazed that this past week alone, I have gotten a number of calls and I've seen a number of new puppies. It was really cute, actually. A guy comes in with a litter of eight French bulldog puppies. Now, mind you, Frenchies typically need to be delivered via C-section because they have these huge heads. Mom only usually has three or four, maybe five in a litter. I did have to do, a, uh, one of my Frenchies came from one such litter. There were six. And when you have, uh, you know, the typically small litters, you have bigger pups and they need to be C-section. Well, this litter had eight, eight puppies. They were so adorable and all natural. So they come in with these six-week-old puppies, these adorable, and I have a picture of holding all eight of them. And so, again, as they are given away, sold, whatever the case is going to be, I know that I'm going to be getting a lot of phone calls about puppy stuff. And the two that we you know, touched upon last week, if you're here joining us, if not, you'll get a refresher and actually more detail right now. And if I were to ask a new puppy owner, what are the two most objectionable behaviors as puppy parent and our puppies aboard? Across the board, it's going to be chewing and bathroom. And what I have to really, really try hard, because I would venture to say that the words that this puppy or puppies hear most because of these two behaviors are, anybody guessing? No. Not only do you say no, but let's just call our puppy Bowser. It's Bowser no. So what are we doing to this poor puppy? How are we molding this puppy? First of all, understand a few basics. Chewing and bathroom are two normal, 
natural, essential behaviors. They can't not chew. And of course, as we know from our children, they can't not relieve themselves. So it's normal, natural, essential. So the first thing you have to ask yourself, how can a normal, natural, essential behavior deserve a no? Because no means not the target of the behavior, not the location of the behavior, but the actual is unacceptable is to no. Once we understand this, that chewing is normal, natural, essential, you can't say no. Of course, is we don't want them chewing on your furniture, on your very expensive shoes, on blankets and pillows and everything else they're going to find. But we want them to chew. They need to chew. Chewing is essential for oral development, for believe it or not, mental development. So it's part of them. You know, they don't use their, they're not as dexterous as we are. And therefore, they resort to chewing. They're, everything goes into their mouth. They're puppies. If you talk about a puppy, the first thing you say is, oh my God, everything goes into his mouth. Well, that's, that's the way it is. They're normal. So we have to, of course, distract them. We want to take that normal, natural behavior. We want to go ahead and redirect it to that which is appropriate, but we don't want to say no. And the same thing with bathroom. You know, think about think about this. I always joke with my clients about it. When they're in the room with me and, and they're having trouble, and I ask them point blank, I said, because I need to know, but you're having a tough time. Have you ever reprimanded the pup for going to the bathroom in the house? What do you mean reprimand? I said, not reprimand, like put his nose into it, say no, or you take him over to it and say no. Never reprimanded anyway, even if it wasn't that bad. I'm not saying you smacked the heck out of him, you rolled up the newspaper and wow, swacked him, but I'm just talking about giving the no. Affirm, you know, letting him know that, that the behavior was unacceptable. Really, what you're upset about is not the behavior being unacceptable. You know that if this were a baby, he'd be wearing a diaper. The location, the poor choice of location is what you found unacceptable. Dog doesn't know that. So, so here's the, the classic scenario, and I always get the kick out of it. And, so do they, when they, and when you hear it this way, you're going to scratch your head and say, I can't believe that I've ever yelled at a puppy for going to the bathroom in the house. So you take him to the mistake, you reprimand him in any way, shape, or form, and now you want him, of course, to go outside. So, you know, the doctor, you read the books, you see the videos, and what they tell you to do is walk the dog frequently and praise him, positive reward, when he goes outside. And in the house, of course, we can find. That's what crating or denning is all about. We want them to have a space that's theirs. Usually it's on linoleum, it's on tile, it's on something that's easy to clean. You put the wee pads down, and that's only that's your diaper, by the way. That's only for ease of cleanup. It's not gonna it's no other reason. And when they go, you don't don't say anything. Just clean it up. Well, so here you are, and now you got it. You get it. So now, of course, the first thing you're gonna do is you're gonna start taking your dog out, and you are encouraging this poor dog. Now remember, in the house, before this, your puppy could hold it in for seemingly 10 minutes at most, 20 minutes. But here you've been outside with him for over 30 minutes, approaching 45, approaching an hour, and he still hasn't gone. And you're saying, come on, Bowser, go already, go. And Bowser's looking at you and going, what are you, nuts? I'm not going in front of you. You yelled at me last time I went. So when you hear it through the puppy's eyes, you see how insane we are that we're reprimanding a dog for doing something we want him to do, but we want him to do it outside but not inside. They don't get it that way. They just don't. So that's why we encourage denning or crating. So they are in a small confined space. So what I recommend is never yell at them. Never, 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 never. What you can do is keep them confined and walk them frequently. When they go outside, okay, you give them tons of praise and you bring them back in the house. Now, when they are in the house and they're in their den, they're in their crate and you're not because you can't fit in there with him, 
where would the puppy rather be? Ask yourself, where would the puppy rather be? The answer, of course, with you. They want to be in the den. They want to be in the kitchen. So that has to be earned. And as we always try to teach people, I'm a big fan of positive reward and even small, very, very minute, but even treat reward, but it has to be earned. And it always has to be coupled with the good boy, good girl and hugs and kisses. Oh, you're such a good girl. Because ultimately, that will be the reward and you no longer need the treats. All right. It's like an operant conditioning. We're just going to, we're associating something. That's what clicker training is all about, which is great. You do the click, you do the reward. Pretty soon, you don't need the reward anymore. It's just the click. The click becomes the reward. And they are starting to behave and do the behaviors you want because of the clicking. So whatever your reward is going to ultimately be, you at first, you want to couple it with something that dogs, puppies understand, and that's a little food treat. And I mean little. So what happens now is that if you have a dog outside bathroom, hugs and kisses, maybe a little reward, food reward, and you're bringing it back in the house, and now, now they get to come inside and be with you, which is what they want in the first place. They may not make the association right away, okay? But here's the thing. If you go outside with them and they don't do anything, you're never upset. But when you come back in the house, you put them back in their crate, back in their den, back in their playpen, wherever it is, pat them on the head, and walk away. And yes, the dog might cry. Yes, he wants affection. Yes, he wants attention. But guess what? It's got to be earned. So what you do is wait about another 15 minutes, maybe 20, take him out again. And this time he probably will do something because now it's been an extra 20 minutes since he hasn't. And when he does, hugs, kisses, prays, and then you, he gets to come inside and chill with you. Now, again, don't, don't be alarmed. If, even if they chill with you, he's still not going to lift his leg or squat very quickly. Most likely at this age, it's that fast. So you might want to put some wee-wee pads around just, again, not to train him. I'll give you a scenario where you might want to train to wee-wee pad, and then it's going to be different when it comes to reward or praise. But right now, the wee-wee pad is there just for your sanity. And when they uh, do their business, you just clean it up. But hopefully they won't. Now, let me tell you a, a cute story, and I've heard this a number of times over the years, how effective this really is. And people have told me, when you are there outside, and they do their business, and they get praise, what physical body position is the puppy assuming, whether it's for urination or defecation, when they go to the bathroom, when they relieve themselves? What is it? It's a squat. I've had many, many, many cases of people tell me over the years, it's hysterical, actually, that the dog goes out and just squats. Just puts, it's almost like a half of a sit. And they look at you like, okay, doesn't that get me my reward? <laughs> so they can come back in. So when they were being praised, they didn't really necessarily make the connection. It was act of elimination that deserved that praise. They thought it was the body position that they assumed. But what does that tell you? It tells you how dogs learn. And they do learn from positive reward. They do learn from positive attention, affection, reinforcement. And that is so funny. So it does work. Now, the only one exception that I would give when it comes to wee pads and that is many people, depending on living in the city, especially if you live on these high rises and they're 23 floors up and you have a little dog, you have a, you know, a Palm or a Maltese or a Yorkie or a little poodle, and you don't want to walk them as many times a day. It's wintertime. It's cold out there. It's a little teeny dog. So many people elect to train their dogs to be pet or a, like a fake put out on a balcony or in, in the part of the kitchen or someplace in a laundry room. And they train their dogs to go there. That's their outside. And in those cases, when they start using the wee pad in those places, yes, you can praise because you want to encourage them. And then again, they get to come and chill with you and be with you. So understand that bathroom is normal, natural, essential. Now let's go quickly to the chewing. As a matter of fact, we're going to put you on hold. We're going to take our quick, quick break. Don't go away. You're alive here with us on Pet Life Radio's Ask Vets, Dr. Jeff. 
We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, coming to you actually live from Mammoth Mountain, California, here getting my, uh, my snowboarding in, missing it from being in Park City a few weeks back. And uh, the, the conditions have been amazing. I mean, it's gorgeous. The sun's out today. Uh, yes, as soon as I hang up from here at 930, I am heading out on the slopes. It's been fantastic. So anyway, we uh, hopefully answers about an issue. If you have any more, please join us here. 877-385-8882. Join us on Google Hangouts. The address is right there. If you go on to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, scroll on down and you'll see the box and you can go Pet Life Radio. If you have any questions, join us live now in our Google Hangouts. So sign into Google Hangouts and you can join us live. We'd love to hear from you. Love to see you. If you got a new pet, new kitten or new puppy, we'd love to see your new puppy or new kitten. So chewing. Chewing is very similar in that, that we have to hold ourselves back because dogs love to chew. And they're going to chew everything they can that's not bolted down or doesn't chew them first. So as many of you may have learned from your resident pets over the holidays, the ornaments, the Christmas trees, you name it, the ribbons from the gifts, the presents, whatever it is, these dogs love to chew. So what we want to be very, very careful about is not not reprimanding them for the act of chewing. And therefore, when you yell at them for chewing on that, which was inappropriate, they are going to think that it wasn't what they were chewing on that was deserving of this reprimand, but it was the fact that they chewed. So they're going to be afraid to chew. Even if you give them things, they're allowed to chew. So when you have a dog, let's say, for example, you, first of all, you need to puppy proof. So what I tell people to do is look around a room and say to yourself, is there anything remotely possible that he or she can get a hold of in our absence? If the answer is yes, remove it. If you have more than one thing possible, trust me, they're going after the more expensive. I always joke, 
have the Jimmy Choo's, have the Louboutins out, or have a, you know, a pair of flops. And guess what? You're losing your expensive shoes. So most of the times when people are complaining about their puppies chewing on things, I'm yelling at the owners. Who let this dog in a room with all these things? Who didn't cover up? Who didn't raise off the floor? Whatever the case may be. But chewing is essential. So the goal here is, again, to give them toys, objects that they are allowed to chew on. And when you give it to them and they take it, you give them lots of hugs, kisses, good boy, good girl, maybe a little food reward. And even when you walk into a room at the beginning and there they are, don't ignore it. Stop on how good they are. Give them a little treat. So if you have a a fairly substantial breed and you're going to give them those little soft rubber toys that have the squeaky thing in them, uh uh-uh, bad news. Anything that is too small for their size. In fact, let's go back to actually a very safe product, the greenie. And all the horror stories you heard many years ago about greenies, first of all, they changed the formulation so they do break up more readily in the intestinal tract. But they've shown that most of the time when you heard these bad stories on the internet, it was not the product. It was not even the dog. It was the owner. Why? Because the owner bought the wrong size toy for the size of their dog. They either tried to get something too big where the dog luckily or somehow got a a small piece out of the way, or it was more economical to get the three small ones instead of the one bigger one. They needed the dog needed the bigger one, so they had three small ones. And sure enough, it was swallowed and lodged in the esophagus. And I actually did have one of those cases. We did have to do surgery. Dog did great, a bulldog, a Frenchie, and I see a lot of Frenchies. But when I was talking to the owner, sure enough, he bought the wrong bone, the wrong size. So just keep that in mind. The size, the packaging, and the, the, the sizing is there for a reason. It needs to be respected. You will avoid problems down the road. But if you're going to do rawhide, the big rawhide bones, whatever, those are okay. But with saliva and time and chewing, they do soften up. I recommend that when that happens, you don't want your dog ripping off a fairly substantial hunk of rawhide. Just throw it away. Buy a new one. They're not that expensive. The key really is that we never want to reprimand for chewing. So when you walk in that room and you see the wrong thing being chewed, You don't want to say no. Put that word away. Don't use it. You're overusing it. I can guarantee it. You want to whistle, clap your hands, get his attention, scream at the top of your lungs. Just make a, ah! The dog will stop what it's doing because it's a puppy, and they're going to look at you. At that point, you calmly walk over, remove the inappropriate toy or toy, the inappropriate object, I should say. Give them the appropriate toy that you've purchased for them for this reason, and then actually give them a reward. And the idea is they will start learning that they get rewarded for chewing on this. And you need to do a better job of covering up or removing or covering or, or raising up anything that they've been getting a hold of that you didn't even think possible. Now, if it happens to be in a room where you just can't do that, then let's go back to the house training. And this is why we like to crate why we like to do penning or denning, where you get this big playpen or one of these big circumferential gates where they are confined away from those things that A, can get them in trouble, that could be dangerous to them, and that will destroy the wonderful relationship you're hoping to establish between you and your new four-legged friend. So there are many, many reasons. It's not cruel. It's absolutely not cruel to do. Just obviously, it's cool if you put them in something that's way too small for them. But And as they get bigger, all right, then you can give them a bigger space. But always with ample toys, food, some water, a wee-wee pad, etc. And um, at night, if you want, after a certain hour, talk to your veterinarian. I'm a fan of removing the water so they don't necessarily have to go to the bathroom smack in the middle of the night. So these are things that hopefully will help you 
with the chewing problem and the house training problem. And if you have any questions after trying these or having tried them and not working, then please contact me here. Send me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio, drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And also another um, thing that might help, if there are objects that you really can't move, but is any of those no-chew sprays are good. But here's a trick I want to tell you. When you're doing a no-chew spray of any kind, you have to remember that it dissipates rather quickly. So when you just spray an object, but hours later, the puppy goes over the object, it's not going to have that same bite, pardon the pun, that, that same you know powerful taste. So what you need to do on an object that you're going to spray in advance, you need to spray directly into your dog's mouth, directly on the tongue, okay? Because they have to taste this stuff full strength, realize how bad it is, and then hopefully when they go to whatever object it is between the smell and what's left of the taste, even after it dissipates, that will be enough to say, oh, no, I'm not going there, and hopefully it'll work. Fortunately, when it comes to cats, a lot easier. They're more naturally instinctive. Uh, we talked about their litter boxes and their scratching posts and where to put them. Where do we not put them? We don't put them in the basement. We don't put them behind a closed door closet with just a little crack in the door. We don't put them in the guest room at the end of the house that nobody ever goes into. Where do we put them? We put them, especially the scratch posts, almost smack in the middle of the most popular room in the house. That's where your kitten wants to be. Litter boxes, they can go into like a laundry room or you know a corner of a kitchen somewhere. Wherever, if you do a closet, it should keep the closet door open. A lot of cats, in fact, in my experience, most cats don't like to go into a dark and closed space to go to the bathroom. Why? Because one of the most vulnerable positions they could ever be in is when they are going to the bathroom, when they're relieving themselves. And they, most cats want to have an eye open to watch around, see what's happening, see if a predator is coming, see if an enemy is coming, and therefore don't like those covered boxes and don't like to go into very dark corners in secluded portions of the house. So just um, take my word for it. So anyway, that's it for today. It goes really fast. I really do would love to hear your, your puppy stories. And by the way, any topics that you have that you would like to discuss, if your dog has a medical problem, if your dog was diagnosed with, with Cushing's disease or Addison's disease or diabetes, diabetes insipidus, for example, which is one that's not as common, or your cat has hyperthyroidism, and you just kind of want a, a little a second opinion, if you will, on what is being done, what might be appropriate, what might be some other things to talk to your veterinarian about. I'm not trying to be every pet's veterinarian out there, though if you live in California, I'd love to see you in Los Angeles, but but I want to help direct you and maybe help you better understand some of the rationale behind your doctors, your veterinarians, treatment, um, uh, tests that he, may or he or she may want to run and help you through just so you get a better understanding. I think that helps when it comes to dealing with your vet. So anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. Thanks once again to our sponsors, Kong to ProSense. I'll be coming to you live next week from Orlando, Florida at the North American Veterinary Conference. We'll have some things to talk about. We'll talk about maybe some new, new uh, cool things out there uh, to, to better help your pets medically, um, emotionally, and to help enhance the bond between you and your four-legged friends. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, and we'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.